It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What's going on, Dolphins fans? This is Kyle Krabs. Today is Wednesday, March 16th, 2022, and we are reacting to day two of the legal tampering period of the 2022 NFL free agency cycle in which the Dolphins finally addressed that help up front we've all been waiting for and retained several of their own pending free agents uh, before today's official open of the league calendar year. Let's talk about it. Welcome to Locked On Dolphins. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Dolphins fans? How crabs? Your host here on Locked On Dolphins, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, director of scouting at thedraftnetwork.com. Your host here, and I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day. I know amidst these crazy free agency times that we are in, um, everybody's just on edge, right? Everybody's sitting here waiting for the next shoe to drop. So uh, that includes me in the recording schedule of this show. It is about 6.15 a.m. on Wednesday, March 16th. And we are ready to dive into yesterday's headlines. We didn't get any bombshells overnight, but I would have felt like a real butthead had I recorded last night and then we got a bombshell at midnight. So I have peace of mind. You're getting your great Dolphins content. Let's talk about Sam McLaughlin, Elan and Roberts, Preston Williams, Duke Riley, Connor Williams, new name in the mix, and compensatory picks. Because that's where yesterday took us on as a journey as we kind of eagerly await some of the big splash plays in free agency left to be made, most notably the one with offensive tackle Teron Armstead. The Dolphins, uh, let's let's get this bookkeeping out of the way first. We kind of felt with how Miami's net gains and losses were last year uh, that they were not going to get any compensatory picks. That has been confirmed. The NFL released the official slate of compensatory picks for this upcoming draft at the end of next month, which is about six weeks away, which is crazy enough to think about. And um, Miami not included on the list. Their most prominent free agent loss was Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, But, of course, he was injured early in the season and missed the vast majority of the season. So from an actual appraisal perspective of that loss, not just from a financial contract size perspective, but actually um, accounting for his contributions on the field, Miami did not have anybody that qualified for a compensatory pick relative to the rest of the league. So suspicions confirmed, no harm, no foul, is what it is. We march onward. And we march onward uh, this year 
with a lot of familiar faces from last year. Because the Dolphins, they brought back the whole linebacker group yesterday. Literally the whole linebacker. I mean, you looked at the the roster that uh, players who are under contracts like, oh, well, it's bake. Everybody else is an expiring contract. Duke Riley signed a deal. Elon and Roberts agreed to a deal. Sam McGuavin got a deal. And these are all million and a half to three million, three and a half million dollar deals, I think. Uh, Duke was three million, Aguavin was two million, and, and Roberts was a little over three. So, if the thought process here is we want to maintain and sustain the foundation of the defense, so it benefits us to have these guys back, okay, I can get it. So long as it does not prevent you from aggressively pursuing an upgrade to that spot for Elan and Roberts. Now, Roberts' deal is only one year. So we can find some peace of mind there. And I've said in the past, I wouldn't mind if Elan and Roberts was back on the Dolphins in 2022. But for the good of the defense, in my opinion, you cannot put him back in the role he has served in the last two years and expect anything other than the results that we have got which is some really dialed-in stretches of play between the tackles, some frustrating missed tackles, uh, and and little to no production in the passing game. I think both of the other linebackers that you signed complement Elaine and Roberts, and of course there's always the tightrope act of getting the right personnel on the field in the right down and distance situations. But Duke Riley was very good down the second half of the, of the year last year, playing a that second stack linebacker when Jerome Bakers walked up on the edge and utilizing Riley and his speed in some, some zone drops. I thought he was very good in that role. Pumped to have him back. And Elan and Roberts, he's a glue guy. A lot of special teams contributions on his resume. And while there's not a clear and obvious role that Sam fills defensively uh, from a base defense perspective, him as one of the mugged linebackers in Dolphin, the Dolphins 5-0 pressure package the last two years, which he's stood up, he's over top of a guard, they're going to run twists in games, and he's going to be a looper, and he's going to come in late and accelerate to the quarterback. He kills that role. So as a pass rusher, specialist at linebacker, in the Dolphins' designed presser scheme, Roberts has value, or excuse me, Guavin has value. So you got somebody who can help bring pressure. You got somebody who's got sideline to sideline range and did well this past year in the second half of the year in coverage in Duke Riley. And you got a hammer between the tackles and Elaine Roberts. Okay. Now, do I wish we didn't collectively spend over $8 million for it? Yes. Because it's the three guys for the price of one if you wanted to go out and get somebody who you felt could do all of those things. Now, maybe they go out and they get that guy in the draft. Maybe they draft Leo Chennault uh, from Wisconsin in the second round because with the dead space between 50 and 103 or 105 or whatever that San Francisco pick ends up being, 
Um, it should also probably not be there. Maybe they get Devin Lloyd at the end of the first round. I don't know. Like, you're going to have options. And I guess the thought process is if we have everybody that we had last year, then we don't need to feel as though we need to draft something early. So I can get behind that. I can also get behind Built Bar being the most delicious protein bar on the face. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like candy bar. These things are high in protein, high in fiber, low in calories, low in sugar. They have 100% chocolate on all of their bars. Whether you're looking for something that's keto-friendly, something that's a good post-workout meal, something that's a good meal replacement, something that's a good way to kickstart your day, something that's just delicious, you name it, Built Bar can be it. So visit Built.com, use promo code LOCK15 and save 15% off your next order. That is Built.com, promo code LOCK15. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. There is a um, bigger picture conversation here that is something I, I'm not crazy about in which the Dolphins are doing. Um, you, you look over the selections for Miami and free agency to this point, and I look at a guy like Teddy Bridgewater. And I like the signing of Teddy, and I understand the dynamics of the signing of Teddy. But Teddy's getting six and a half minimum. Keon Crossan is primarily a special teams player. He's getting over three. Okay, We're not math guys and girls on this podcast, but let's go ahead and do a little basic arithmetic. Elena Roberts is over three. Duke Riley's getting three. I'm going to ask you a question. Out of the, the players that I just named, how many of them are going to be playing a majority of the snaps on offense or defense for the Dolphins? Not a lot. Unless something goes terribly wrong. So you're, the Dolphins are spending a fair amount, and they're on short-term deals, so you're not locking yourself into anything. But I digress. You are spending a fair amount of your salary cap space to this point on depth players. And I understand you need to have a deep roster, and I understand you don't have the embarrassment of riches in draft selections to continue to add depth to your roster in that regard. So I get it. But we keep talking about, oh, the Dolphins can clear out another 20-something million dollars in cap space by trimming the fat on the roster. Well, they've taken a lot of that money that we are excited for them to clear by getting rid of contracts of players who are overpaid for playing marginal roles on the roster. And you've already given that money that you collectively are waiting to free up 
to Elan and Roberts, who's going to play less than probably less than 50% of your defensive snaps. To your backup quarterback, to Keon Crossan. I mean, we everybody remembers the Seathan Carter contract last year, right? It was like, man, you got a bunch of tight ends on the roster. What the hell are we doing? And Seathan Carter. And maybe they had bigger plans on offense for Seathan Carter than what he was able to provide them. I don't know. But it was not a small contract. And now Keon Crossin's coming out, and he's getting $10.5 over three seasons to be a special teams player. Like Clayton Fejlum two years ago didn't get nearly $10 million over three years to be a special teams player, and he's the up back on the punt team. And he's a complete liability in coverage. So the good news is I think the players that they are spending to replace needed to be replaced. So that's not a bad thing. But I do have some questions on, you know, the slow and steady methodical wins and race. I appreciate not coming out swinging for the fences and blowing your entire free agency payload on three guys. I appreciate that. I understand that's not a responsible way to build the roster. But I just can't help but think that maybe if you consolidate all the money that's been committed to depth players and players who are ideally not serving in starting roles for you, that dollar amounts getting to that point, especially when they haven't trimmed the fat that already exists on the roster where I'm not loving that dynamic of this Dolphins offseason this far. Uh, another thing I'm not crazy about is bringing back Preston Williams. Uh, you know, he's he, through three years. He was a restricted free agent. Uh, the Dolphins could have tendered him. He was a UDFA. Uh, they could have tendered him for right to first refusal. And it would have been like two and a half million dollars or something like that. They did not do that. They got him on a one-year deal. And I guess, I suppose this says as much about the wide receiver free agent crop as anything else. But I don't know how you as the Dolphins, if you give the contract to Preston, there's nothing in my mind that Preston can do between now and my next big investment opportunities to prevent me from aggressively going out. And I'm, I'm hoping to get the receiver room to a point in which Preston Williams is not going to make the final roster. That should be something I'm aspiring to because Preston Williams does not play teams. He got one year, whatever, $2 million is slightly less than that. Preston doesn't play teams. He has not been healthy the last two years. He has not been productive when he's been on the field. You know, he was healthy for for stretches of this year and was invisible, invisible. So the Williams signing for me is one that, okay, you're protecting yourself from getting totally boned with the lack of wide receiver depth and free agency. But we've heard this repeatedly that the Dolphins view the wide receiver position as a pressing, massive need, and rightfully so. I I think I know we're smart enough to know that Cedric Wilson and 
Preston Williams aren't the resolutions to that group that they're hoping for. But I probably, I personally would have preferred to have a clean break there and, and go a different direction altogether just because, but he is big, physical. If you get the best version of him, can he be somebody who contributes in a rotational role and helps serve that big, big bodied wide receiver dynamic that we've talked about? Maybe. But I'd be looking to to find his replacement and uh, let the competition play itself out in August. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Which brings us to Connor Williams. I believe we hit everybody else from yesterday. Connor Williams is, in my mind, the best addition the Dolphins have made in free agency to this point. Connor Williams for two years, $14 million is an excellent value for the Dolphins to add. I understand Connor was penalized 15 times last year. Big eyesore on the stat sheet. But there was once upon a time where Connor Williams coming out of the Texas Longhorns program was perceived to be a slam dunk top half of the first round draft selection. And he played left tackle at Texas. Comes in the league, or he gets injured, then comes in the league. And uh, he's played, I think, 50, almost 60 starts at guard for Dallas. And he's been a consistent contributor. He has not been. Somebody who, especially on that offensive line, where the other guard is Zach Martin, your standard kind of changes, right? Your your perception as a player kind of changes a little bit when you have to be compared to Zach Martin on a snap-by-snap, week-by-week, year-by-year basis. But Connor has had some pretty consistent, steady development as a football player that I don't think should be overlooked throughout the course of his career in Dallas. He's taken over 3,500 snaps, all but 186 of them, 187 of them, excuse me, have come at left guard. And here's what we can't do with Connor Williams. And I heard, I think it was Cam Wolf on NFL network mentioned this when talking about this signing that the dolphins would not necessarily rule out the potential. They're not committed and married to him playing left guard. They understand that there, there may be some positional versatility here to which I immediately cringed and said, don't do this guys. Don't, don't sign a player because I just got done hitting the Jets for this here yesterday. 
and we've seen this musical chairs game bite you last year. Don't sign somebody to play for your team and ask them to play a different position than they played for the team that they're coming from. Don't sign Connor Williams, who's played 3,312 snaps at left guard, and ask him to play left tackle. If you get into an injury situation and a pinch and you got to reshuffle the line, sure, your peace of mind is there. Knowing Connor Williams has experience in college playing left tackle. But I think it would be a major mistake to take Connor Williams, who has, over the course of four years, enjoyed some very steady development as a player. He gave up 13 pressures last year. 13 total pressures last year on 526 pass sets. Penalized 15 times. But 13 pressures, you kidding me? Put him at left guard. Let's not make this harder than it has to be. You want to go out, you want to get Lyle Collins or but via trade or Teron Armstead and free agency, lock it in. And then if you want to go into the draft and, and you want to get an interior offensive line, you want to get a center who's experienced with Coach Applebaum, you want to go get Zion Johnson or Alec Lindstrom, okay. And then we're going to take presumably Liam Eikenberg and Austin Jackson, and we're going to let them have a position battle for the last spot. And let those two duke it out in a high-stress situation where somebody's going to be better from having to compete that intensely for one spot on the offensive line. But if you do anything other than sign Connor Williams and put his name in Sharpie at left guard, I'm not going to be crazy about that decision. But I am crazy about the decision to sign Connor Williams. I think this is an excellent addition for this football team. Stylistically, it it makes sense from a player development standpoint. And this was an interesting point that was brought up by it was Eric Eager, a pro football focus. And he was talking about into your offensive line and uh, pro football focus has their own metric that, that tries to measure wins above replacement. Right. But it looked at Lakin Tomlinson and his development as far as PFF's wins above replacement metric through his first however many seasons in the NFL. And you could very clearly see, like, the first three years or so was down before a, a steady climb uh, as far as his value on the field. And pretty much the argument was, a lot of times when you're investing in and drafting into your offensive line play, you're investing in developing a player who's going to become better for somebody else because he's not going to play good for you, and then he's going to leave, and then he's going to land somewhere else and be a much better player. And it was like very clear trend line for Lake and Tomlinson. This same thing can be said for Connor Williams. And he's been a consistent player. He's endured a little bit in the way of missed time. Um, But when he has been on the field, and he was on the field, 948 snaps last year and 1,146 snaps the year before. 
and they were his best two seasons in the NFL. And as I said, 13 pressures last year and graded very well as a run blocker for Dallas. And you got him for half the price of Lake and Tomlinson. Excellent. This is an excellent signing. And I know everybody was Lake and Tomlinson, Lake and Tomlinson. Oh, Lake and Tomlinson played under Coach McDaniel in San Francisco. It's going to be Lake and Tomlinson. Well, it's not Lake and Tomlinson. But just because it's not the guy who played in San Francisco doesn't mean this isn't a, a huge hit of a signing. Because in my mind, uh, I'm, I'm thrilled with this addition. But play him at left guard. Don't do that thing that we've done in the past where we start shuffling guys around. Oh, well, our best combination of five, we'll see where everybody settles in. And we're going to spend two weeks of training camp here, and then we'll move them over here and let them play two weeks. No. Those days have got to be gone. Versatility is a valuable thing. You want mental reps? Give them mental reps as far as what everybody's responsibility is in the front. But muscle memory reps, these guys got to get locked in. That's going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Dolphins. I hope you guys enjoyed this conversation on day two of the negotiation window. Today, 4 o'clock, these signings can be made official. I know the Dolphins are going to have a gaggle, a slew of free agents in-house today to get the deal signed. So plan accordingly. Keep your eyes on a swivel around 4 o'clock, and then, of course, whatever other breaking news drops between now and then. Player trades, it's all on the table. Teron Armstead still out there. We will see if today is the day. Kyle Krabs, make it a good one. Thanks, as always, and fins up. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL Draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.